Welcome to the College Football Bros. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's going to be a homer this episode. Oh, man. How do you know that? Uh, that's me, Ryan Newman. We talked about it, Ryan. And I'm joined by the other brother who is completely unbiased. Uh, <laughs> that's true. It's Trey Newman. <laughs> so you mean it's just another episode that Ryan's a homer? Exactly. Yeah, as always. Um, on today's episode, as promised, we are going to catch up on all the big coordinator hires that have happened since the end of the season, all the big transfers and draft declarations. And so let's just get right into it. There's a lot of information to get to this episode. We're going to start with with those coordinators. Each of us has chosen three cord- offensive coordinator hires we like. What are yours, Ryan? Let me or, guess the first one. Uh, Is it- I, I kind of want to change my order here just to, you know. <laughs> okay, do whatever order you want. Okay, let's go with uh, Mike Yursich. Uh, he's going over to uh, Texas now to be their offensive coordinator. He, This guy, he came from nowhere. Remember Gundy? This was the guy a few years back. Well, I guess about six years now. Back in like 2013, he, Gundy hired him from Shippensburg. That's a college, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Gundy likes to do that. Yeah, he does. Uh, but, I mean, he did a great job when he was at Oklahoma State. I mean, it's kind of a good setup there with Gundy, but Coach J.W. Walsh, Mason Rudolph, Corndog. Um, then this past year, he was with Justin Fields at Ohio State. So, been successful wherever he's been. I think it's a good hire for Texas. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll move on to my homer. By the way, definitely stunts. an upgrade from Tim Beck. Yeah, well, that is certainly true. By the way, Tim Beck was, where did he get hired again? Um, NC, NC State. State. Oh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Wolfpack. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go with uh, Matt Lubick. He's going to Nebraska. Um, I think this is a good hire, though, honestly. I'm not going to say it's like, oh, my God, amazing, but it's pretty good. Uh, he's had a good track record at Oregon, at Arizona State. And the thing that he's kind of most known for is just being a tireless recruiter. Um, his ASU days, he pulled in Vontez Perfect and Brock Eisweiler. He was kind of, he got a lot of credit for that good class that ASU pulled in. Um, then he worked under David Cutcliffe for a few years at Duke and Cutcliffe had a quote about him. He's like, he said, you know, that Lubick is simply the best recruiter he's ever worked with. Like, I like that. Barnum. He's like, no offense to anybody, but I was like, he is it. So that's pretty high praise coming from a guy that knows what he's doing. So. I think it's a good hire for Nebraska. Better than Troy Walters, who just like, he never did anything, it seemed like. He was never <laughs> out on the road. You never heard his name out on the road recruiting. It was weird. It's, it was true. You never see him. Mm-mm. So, yeah, there seemed to be something fishy going on there. But uh, as they parted ways, so good hire there. And then I'm going to go with my last one here. Larry Fedora. Oh, uh-huh, your boy. My boy, Larry Fedora. Going to Baylor as their office coordinator. Uh, I know he had a little bit of a rough end there at North Carolina, but don't I know, don't just look at the last two years. He did have a winning record there overall. Went undefeated in ACC play in 2015. People kind of forget that and barely lost uh, the conference title game to, to Clemson. So it's not like he was a total failure. And he's, you know, if you go back even before that, he was did a great job at Southern Miss, had some really good offenses. So I think it was a good, a good hire for Baylor. Not bad. All right. I will uh, go with a, another 
head coach that's going to be an offensive coordinator now, Chad Morris, heading to Auburn. Mm. I like Chad Morris more in a coordinator role than I do as as a head coach. He knows offense, and now he can devote all of his efforts to to that side of a, the ball. He did great things in this very role at Clemson. And I also like that you're combining two of the best offensive minds uh, with, you know, along with Gus Malzahn. So it should be, uh, I think I like it for Auburn. And supposedly Morris is going to be the play caller. So Gus, I guess we thought it was kind of a good thing that he was taking over play calling duties last year. And now people seem to think it's a good thing that he's giving them up. So I, I it confuses me, but yeah, my, my next hire that I, that I'm a fan of is Rhett Lashley going to Miami. Uh, I like this more because of obviously Derek King going there, but so not only does does it give him a better chance at looking good, but it it, it shows that King had confidence in him. Uh, Lashley, he's worked under Malzahn at Auburn, and in 2013 he was a Broyles Award finalist for for being the top assistant. He recently spent a year at SMU under another great offensive mind, Sonny Dykes. So he's gonna kind of blend uh from what he, what he's learned from those other coaches and and apply that there at Miami cuz they desperately need some some offense. I noticed you kind of skipped over Yukon. Well, there. that's <laughs> where everyone just goes to die unfortunately. So I'll, yeah. I'll kind of forgive him there. A couple of years ago he was there. It was brief. <laughs> All right, then this next one. At least he wasn't a D coordinator at Yukon. Right. Fair. Yeah, true. Now, this next one, Ole Miss, they hired Jeff Lebby. Uh, I like Lebby for a variety of reasons. One, just being under Lane Kiffin, I'm confident that the Ole Miss offense is going to succeed. He uh, Lebby had successful offenses under Josh Heupel at UCF in the last couple of years. Before that, he was part of Baylor's staff under Art Bryles when they were really humming. Uh, he has the pedigree here to to work out. Okay, I think these are all good choices so far. Uh, my three, well, the first one is, I think, the the clear number one, Oregon hiring Joe Moorhead. Of course you do. Well, yeah, but I think a lot of people do. You know, things, of course, didn't work out as a head coach at Mississippi State. But before that, of course, extremely successful as an offensive coordinator at Penn State. He's one of the most respected offensive minds in college football. Just focusing on being an offensive coordinator, I think he'll be successful and Regardless, I think he's a big upgrade over Marcus Arroyo. Yeah, that's true. Second one I have is Arkansas hiring Kendall Bryles. And I realize there's controversy with that last name, but just football-wise, he's done a great job everywhere he's been at Baylor, FAU, Houston with D.R. King. And then last year at Florida State, the offense wasn't great, but it was a lot better than the year before. So I think his his football resume is pretty spotless. And with... Sam Pittman, I'm I'm skeptical of of the head coach there, but he seems to be putting together a really good staff, so that that should help things. Got got a new quarterback, as well. Yeah, he also got Felipe Franks at quarterback. Yep. Eh. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, better than what they've had. I well, I I'm not sure. I mean, Nick Starkle going in there and Ben Hicks going in there, I thought were Hicks was pretty bad at SMU. Yeah, he threw a lot of picks, but I don't know. He I wouldn't say and his he completion was, percentage was very low. All right, well then, fine, let's go Nick Starkle. I thought he was pretty good going into Arkansas, but... Yeah, I thought he was going to be okay. I don't think quarterback was necessarily the biggest issue they had, but Felipe Frank should help. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, my last offensive coordinator hire I like is Rutgers getting Sean Gleason 
He did a great job at Princeton as their offensive coordinator, which of course is in New Jersey. He's a local guy. He's from there. And this past year at Oklahoma State, got to learn under Mike Gundy for a year. Couldn't hurt. So I think it's a, a no-brainer for Rutgers. Yeah, no, the, for them, that's a, that is a really good hire for Shiano. Um, okay, let's move on to an offensive coordinator hire that you are not sure about or maybe that you don't like. Do you have one, Ryan? I do, yeah. It's, uh, I'm not sure what to call him. Um, I'm going to call him Tommy Reese. Well, n- uh, no, you definitely want to call him that because he tweeted out literally just one word. He tweeted Tommy. That's oh, what he really? wants to be called. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Didn't see that. Okay. Well, yeah, people were starting to call him Tom. No, no, no. He doesn't like it, apparently. I, I, I'm always going to know him as Tommy. Mm-hmm. So Tommy Reese it is. Uh, I mean, for Notre Dame offensive coordinator, I mean, there just isn't much to go off of, you know, for this hire. He he was a grad assistant at, at Northwestern in 2015, some sort of analyst for the Chargers in 16. Then the last three years, he's been Notre Dame's QB coach. And I think that's... And that's it. I mean, I, he wasn't anything more than that. It could work out really well. I don't know. Um, but he's about as unproven as you could get to be an office coordinator at such a high profile school like Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I know he played there, which is the reason why he got the job. But I don't know. Kind of un- underwhelming. Okay, we'll see. Okay, I'm a little skeptical of Todd Munkin uh, going to Georgia. Uh, mainly just because of the situation. I think he has the pedigree, but Georgia's offense is in a delicate spot. They have a lot of talent, of course, as we know, but there's major pressure on him to succeed, and especially right away. Uh, he he obviously, he obviously could be great, but I'm just going to lay out some reasons why it might not work. He, he's been in the NFL for the last four years, might be a little out of touch with college game for whatever that's worth. And his success at Oklahoma State was almost 10 years ago, and we all know that Gundy's had that offense humming with and without Munkin. Uh, I hope I hope he really works out at Georgia because they're recruiting too well to not be good on offense. Yeah, yeah, it is going to be a struggle. I'm sure we'll get to them later in the episode when we talk about losers from the uh, draft declarations. Yeah. Um, okay, the guy I'm not sure about is Washington hiring John Donovan as their offensive coordinator. And I think this is a really important hire because I trust that the defense moving forward is going to be great with Jimmy Lake at head coach, Pete Kwiatkowski, of course, you know, at defensive coordinator, the defense should be good offense. I'm not as sure about, of course they're losing, um, Jacob Eason and some big pieces offensively. Hunter Bryant. And, yeah. Hunter Bryant. Exactly. Salvin Ahmed. Yep. Um, and they lost John Ross like five years ago. Oh, my God. John Ross. Is he ever coming back? But what if he came back as a receivers coach, Ryan? Would that they help? Couldn't hurt. They definitely need somebody to replace those shoes. <laughs> um, but no. But anyway, so John Don- John Donovan, he's been an assistant for the Jaguars for the last few years. That's not really More that like impressive. like an analyst, right? Yeah, exactly. And I saw he was an assistant running backs coach or something like that. So really not a a high profile position there and the offense wasn't any good and then before that he got fired as penn state's offensive coordinator for poor performance so i just i I mean most people have been panning this hire most people do not like it maybe it'll work out but on paper it doesn't look good no it really doesn't it seems like washington could have done better okay we can't get to all of the uh the new hires but i'm sure throughout the offseason if we didn't get to some big ones they will come up Let's move on to the defense. Ryan, who are Trey? Who are three defensive coordinator hires you liked? 
I'm going to go start out with my favorite. It's New Mexico getting Rocky Long. Obviously, <laughs> so New Mexico. Weird. I mean, New Mexico obviously isn't a high profile gig, but this is as good of a hire as New Mexico could have ever gotten. Uh, there's a lot of Power Five schools that would have lo- would have taken uh, Rocky Long as their D coordinator in a heartbeat. Um, he w- you know, so Rocky, of course, was the head coach at New Mexico, um, but he's and then he's recently had a dominant run with the Aztecs of San Diego State. The the Aztec defenses were consistently the best in the conference. Mm-hmm. He led them to multiple ten win seasons. I don't see why he couldn't turn the their D around in the next uh, in the short term. Yeah, and for most of his tenure at San Diego State, even though he was the head coach, he was also the defensive coordinator. Right. Which is Danny Gonzalez in there for a while. Yeah, but now he now Gonzalez is the head coach. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, for New Mexico, we don't really talk about New Mexico. That's that's a great hire. It's just a weird move, though. Does he just did he not? Does he just not want to be a head coach anymore? That must be it. Like there was some sort of there was I don't know turmoil or disagreements with him in the administration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So he could have obviously stayed if he wanted to. Right. Right. All right. My next one. I I already talked about their offensive coordinator. But I'm going to go with Ole Miss's defensive coordinator, DJ Durkin. Mm-hmm. This was a great hire by Kiffin. Obviously, he has the baggage of of that Maryland drama, but he's getting a, a second chance. And his resume is really strong. He's worked with Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh. He led good defenses at Stanford, Florida, and Michigan. So I'm a, I'm a fan here. I think he has uh, – there's some upti- upside for Ole Miss's defense in the future. It's a good football move. My last one is Ohio State getting Kerry Coombs. Got to be honest, I actually didn't even really know much about him. Uh, but after looking him up, I'm sure he'll be just fine there. First of all, a lot of people could succeed at this position with the with the talent that Ohio State gets. But in his prior stint with Ohio State, he worked with the, the defensive backs for six years. He constantly churned out NFL players there. He was with the t- Titans this past year. They had a solid defense and and also Buckeye fans just just love him and love his passion. All right. Good ones here. All right, let me see. Okay, I'm going to knock us this this one out of the park here, boys. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. First one. Bo Pelini. LSU. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like it. I think it's good. I know he's uh I know he has been out of the limelight for a while here. He's been at Youngstown for what, 6 years now. But I mean, the dude can coach defense. I mean, he, uh, things got away from that Nebraska defense is a little bit late in his tenure. It's not like they were ever really bad, um, but when he has the players, man, he is his defenses are awesome. You go back yeah. to his LSU days with Glenn Dorsey. I mean, they were just unreal. You go back to Nebraska when they had the Indomitian Sioux years. Like he, it was fun to watch. So it, when he doesn't have to be the head coach, he's going to be thrown talent. Doesn't matter. He's not going to have to recruit all that much. Talent is going to show up on his practice field, and he's going to get to coach it. It's a good move for LSU. Makes sense. Yeah, someone in our Discord asked if he's going to be bringing the cat with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next one here. Uh, Barry Odom going to Arkansas. Another Arkansas coordinator hire we like here. I think he got a little bit of a raw deal over at Missouri. Um, I think he's a good coach. He was... The defensive coordinator actually back at Memphis for a few years in 2012 to 2014, you know, and, and the year before he got to Memphis, they were terrible on defense, 117th uh, in total defense. A few years later, they're like top 25. So they dramatically improved with him there. And then his first year 
he went to Missouri as the defensive coordinator. They were top 10 in total defense. That was the first time Missouri had ever been top 10, you know, since they started keeping track of that. So, yeah, I think this is a good hire for for Arkansas. Okay, I wouldn't say you hit it out of the park, maybe like a ground rule double or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Wow. wow. Okay. All right, my turn. I have three <laughs> defensive coordinators, which I, I like. I only did two. Oh, sh- dang it. Thanks for <laughs> felt like three. Me. You were talking for so long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> what's, oh, what's your third one ryan <laughs> tony gibson for nc state oh uh, see that this woof definitely a ground rule double now maybe a single yeah, well this is my third choice all right uh, hey back in 2016 he had west virginia he was their coordinator there they were best in the big 12 in scoring defense and total defense that's pretty darn good at west virginia and the year earlier they were like set fifth in the nation and in, in, uh, turnovers forced so they and even you go back like 15 years ago, he was there with Rich Rod at, at West Virginia. They were killing it there. So I, don't know, I think he's done a good job. And uh, he was there at NC State last year, but Dave Huxtable was kind of seen like the guy that was he was like a co-defensive coordinator with. So Huxtable seemed like he was the main dude, but they're turning it over to Gibson. I think they'll they'll do better. Okay, uh, you're done, Ryan. I sure am, Mike. Go ahead. Okay, let's get to three defensive coordinators that mikey likey first one no one just that's silence there all right uh, it yeah. deserves no response that's fair fau jim levitt um so his two previous coordinator jobs were at colorado did an amazing job there and at oregon did a great job getting better every year there so i think he's a guy i think he's one of the top five or ten defensive coordinators in the country for an a conference usa team to get him that's awesome. Yeah. And which team is that? Did I not say FAU? <laughs> I thought I, I think did. You did. <laughs> well, the listeners know yeah, that's true. whether I said, I swear it was the first word I you said, but maybe did. not. You probably did. I just wasn't listening to you at the beginning. Uh, tweet Ryan at Ryan F. Newman one and tell Ryan's him he's an idiot. really good at, at tuning us all out. True. If, if that is, if I did say FAU, if I didn't tweet at CFB bros and just call me an idiot. Uh, next one at Texas, they hired Chris Ash, and this is sort of to a lesser degree, like the Joe Moorhead hire where he didn't work out as a head coach, but he's still got a, a good track record as a coordinator. Ash did well at Wisconsin. He did well at Ohio state and Herman worked with him at Ohio state. So there's that familiarity there. I like it. Yeah. He just tough gig over there at Rutgers. Very tough. Um, my last one here. I really like this one. At Syracuse, they hired Zach Arnett. He's been the defensive coordinator at San Diego State for the last two seasons, but he's been in the program under Rocky Long for nine years. And of course, we've talked about their defenses have been excellent. They've got that unique three three five scheme. I just I think it's going to work out. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the Danny Gonzalez when he came from San Diego State. It's the same type of thing. Arnett yep. is is going to do well too. Okay, let's uh, let's get to those defensive coordinators you're not sure about. What do you think, Trey? I gotta go with Purdue's Bob Diaco. Ooh, <laughs> I'm, Ooh. I'm really skeptical on him. I mean, his his career started with Brian Kelly at Cincinnati, and those teams, the Bearcats, were really more known for their offense, not necessarily their defense. And then he went, he followed Kelly to Notre Dame. 
didn't do a whole lot until he had that one magical year in 2012, uh, led by Manti, Manti Teo. Uh, but since then, he had a terrible run at UConn. He was a disaster in his one year at Nebraska. Didn't have success with Oklahoma a couple years ago. I mean, maybe he can reach back into that Notre Dame well and, and do good things in West Lafayette, but I just, uh, I'm not, I'm not buying it right now. He could prove me wrong. Yeah, it's a, it's a peculiar hire. I mean, uh, it seems like it's a kind of a last hurrah here. He better, better pan out a little bit this time. Um, all right. I'm going to go with, um, I'm not sure about Justin Hamilton for, uh, Virginia Tech. They kind of went the opposite route from what they've had recently, going with a guy that has no experience now. I mean, he hasn't even been a coach for a full year yet. He was hired as the uh, secondary coach uh, in February of last year at Virginia Tech. Before that, he was like their player, director of player development for a year. So, I I don't know. They didn't even have that good of a defense last year. This guy has barely been a coach. It seems like um, just a weird higher i mean he played there so he's obviously a vt guy but uh. you just gotta trust justin fuente ryan yeah it's weird i don't know i i'm not sure okay i am not sure about usc's hire at defensive coordinator todd orlando he's had an up and down career he's definitely had some great seasons definitely had some poor seasons especially as of late at texas of course he was fired for poor for poor performance over the last couple years at texas so you'd think i should totally hate it because of that but i do think he's an upgrade from clancy pendergast so that's kind of keeps me on the fence about it not a great hire but not terrible rough to be a usc fan right now you're oof settle for anything won't you yes exactly exactly i have lowered expectations at this point yep okay let's see did we miss any big big hires let's see mike mcintyre going to memphis yeah i think we got roads resurfacing at arizona that's right yeah that's a tough yeah. place especially with with an offense yeah, like someone to have a good defense i like paul rhodes too i do too all right let's get to a segment here and i'm gonna make it a goal this off season to maybe up the production a little bit with our with our recurring segments and try and um add some some flair so with that said are you guys ready to enter the trivia zone Oh. oh boy yeah mike um i'm gonna ask you a trivia question here trivia doesn't matter what it is you have answers zone when you ask me those kind of questions it really pisses me off trivia zone <laughs> how about that nice. how about that nice intro we got I bruce we got sabin i spent like an hour and a half working on that last night so i hope you appreciate it I did. While you were eating some Chick-fil-A, I see. I was eating Chick-fil-A, yeah. Okay, here's the question. (laughs) And it is about special teams, which we all know is one-third of the game. Of course. I have in front of me a list of 11 players since 2000 that have recorded six or more punt return touchdowns. And I'll just choose the first six that that show up on the list here. And I'm going to give you the school and the years the players uh, recorded those touchdowns let's try and guess before you say yeah if you got it yeah yeah go for it washington there you go dante pettis number one on the list nine punt return touchdowns very good dewan gross nebraska no he he was he had maybe been close yeah he had like four maybe yeah wait wait, how far back are we going 2000 2000 2000? okay 
I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some uh, a little hint. Okay. Uh, d- oh, what about Devin um, Hester? Darren Devin Sproles? Hester, no, but he's up there. Uh, oh, what, what's that, Trey? Darren Sproles. Oh, good guess. No, uh, no. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna need. <laughs> there I'm were a couple other. Some... There were a couple other K State guys that were close. Oh, um, but not in the top six, though. Can you name them? Oh, what about um, um. It couldn't be Jordy Nelson, would it? It could be Jordy Nelson, oh, and it is. Oh, that's right. who I was trying to think. Packers receiver, sure. Packers receiver. <laughs> and right. then the other one's uh, defensive back from K-State back in the day. Um, He's our uncle. Oh. Terrence Newman. There oh. you go, Terrence Newman. Terrence Newman. Anyway, <laughs> they're not on the on this list, though. They're just a little bit lower. But, uh, okay, let's, let's get to the list. So, at Cal, from 2005 to 2007... Juwan Best. Okay. Javid Wrong Best. on a multiple levels there. Javid Best, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deshaun Jackson. Both were wrong. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Jackson is correct. Who said that? Was that you, Ryan? Oh, <laughs> of course. Okay. Next is uh, Ohio State from 2004 to 2006. Ted Ginn. That is correct. Oh, I got it. Yeah, where's the dings? Okay, and then here's a retroactive ding. Okay, now Troy from 2004 to 2007. Oof, brutal. This is a tough one, and he was, I'll give you a hint if you need it. You probably do. Probably. He was a cornerback. That doesn't help much. It's still tough, it's still tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. Mm. You want me to just tell you? What? Give me initials. L.M. No, not coming. Leotis. McKelvin. Dang it. There you go. That's good. Uh, next is Alabama from 2006 to 2009. Um, I'll not, give you a hint. Not Tyrone uh, Prothrow? No, I was too soon. No. Really. Um, he was a defensive player. He was a corner. Was it Kirkpatrick? No. Uh, he was no. later. This is a tough one. Damn. Alabama. Do you want initials? Mm. Sure. J A. Hmm. Want me to just tell you? I guess. <laughs> um. Dang it, J A. You said I guess, but then you didn't sound like you wanted. Yeah. To. All right. Go ahead. Javier Arenas. Oh, Javier Arenas. Come on. <laughs> it's okay. Seems that obvious. Was tough. It was like, difficult to come up I mean, with off the top of your head. Yeah. Okay. Next, number two on the list. So you already got number one, of course. Uh, Dante Pettis. Number two, Texas Tech. From 2000 to 2003. Cliff, or, Wes um, Welker? Wes Welker. Wes Welker. Not Cliff Kingsbury, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. They played together. <laughs> they did. Well, I, I think so. I, don't, I can't quite remember. Um, yeah, there you go. That, that's kind of anticlimactic, but that's the list. And then here's some other memorable names from on down the list. Christian Kirk from A&M. Mm. Maurice Drew, UCLA. D'Angelo Hall, Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. Adoree Jackson, USC, Jeremy Macklin, Missouri, uh, Tom Zibikowski. That's a fun name. Wow. Notre wow. Dame. Notre Dame. And then from Miami, Devin Hester, Santana Moss, Roscoe Parrish. Wow. They constantly were churning him out. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. That was the trivia zone. And now it is time to move on to transfers. So each of us have a list of four players that we think are going to make a big impact next year if they're eligible. 
And I'll start with with two of mine. I think the the most obvious one is our fourth bro, Jamie Newman. Of course, 2020 Heisman winner. So he transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia. And that was a position of need with Jake Fromm going to the NFL. And I think he's one of the top 10 returning quarterbacks next year. So that's that's huge for uh, Georgia. Yeah, that is a big get. Our bro is amazing. He is. Eddie School would be lucky to have him. I can't wait to go to New York with him for the Heisman ceremony. It's going to be mm. great. Oh, man. Yeah. That's going to be real nice. We should book our, our hotel. Well, yeah, we might as well actually just do it right now. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay. I'll, well, we'll talk to Jamie after the show. Uh, next, I have two running backs. Khalil Herbert from Kansas. Raheem Blackshear from Rutgers. Both are transferring to Virginia Tech. Blackshear, he might have to sit out um, a year, but who That's knows? That's a big get. He was pretty talented. Yeah, he's he can he can catch it out of the backfield. He can play in the slot. And he he's a running back, so he's versatile, and and he's a return guy as well. Anyway, um, but he might not be eligible. Like I said, Khalil Herbert will be. He's a grad transfer, and in his career at Kansas, five point four yards per carry, and it fills a big need because Deshaun McLeese for Virginia Tech. He announced he's going pro. So I think with with this addition, Virginia Tech's offense is is kind of set next year. I think they're going to be really good. A ton of guys returning. They did lose Damon Hazelton at receiver, which hurts to, to Missouri. But other than that, they're great. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to go with one of the other obvious transfers, and that's Derek King. Uh, we've talked about him a little bit, of course, but you're matching him up with Rhett Lashley, who I spoke of earlier at Miami. Um some of that skill position talent that they have. Manny Diaz is, you know, doing whatever he can possible to to have that hurricane offense succeed. And they've had a pretty good offseason in terms of getting a offensive coordinator and now a, a quarterback. So I'm I'm curious to see if it'll work. I really hope it does because it would be fun to see one last hurrah with King. They're gonna put a lot on his shoulders because with the offensive line and with losing um yeah, Jeff I think Thomas. They lost Jeff- yeah, Jeff Thomas, uh, DJ Dallas might have lost somebody else. They, there's, you know, it's kind of Derek King or bust. The cupboard's not full, but there's still some. Yeah, no, it's true. They have talent. Uh, my next transfer that I like is Jet Duffy. Uh, I liked him at Texas Tech. He put up he put up big numbers. And if Jim McElwain could go to the MAC championship with Qu- Quentin Dormady. I think he's going to be successful with Duffy here at uh, as a Chippewa. So fire up chips. Yeah, yep. big get. Um, all right, I'll start us start this one off with uh, Felipe Franks. I've already mentioned him a little bit. He's going to Arkansas. He will be eligible immediately. He's going to be replacing some pretty bad QB play uh, past couple of years. And I know Franks may not exactly be an All American, but. He seems to be a big improvement from what they've had. A couple years ago, he had 24 touchdowns to, to just six picks. It was very efficient. Had a surprisingly very good year that year. So I think this is a, a good addition there for, for Arkansas. They got their guy. Okay, next. My next two, I have... Wow. Wow, just, he cut him off you, again. You, oh, I thought you did that on <laughs> oh, purpose wow. this time, Mike. <laughs> no, I I was, again, not paying attention to you because I was trying to look to see who else Miami lost on offense, but... Uh, Oh man! Sorry, Ryan. Wow, interruption number two. Well, it's just it felt like wow. Ryan's been talking for quite a while. It's probably time for him to. No, you're just you were just getting nervous. Like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm trying to read this. Why well, should? Oh, I got to be ready. You were, you were kind of freaking yourself out. 
It's true. And I should not be the one making fun of somebody for talking too much. I, I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, you long-winded jerk. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jake Bentley. He's going to Utah. A little surprised Michael didn't take this one. Um, that's, that's a big one. I like, I like this yeah, one. Yeah, this is great. I mean, he's obviously going to be eligible right away. Grad transfer. The guy's thrown for 55 touchdowns in his career. Um, and he wasn't exactly put in the best situations there. Uh, at South Carolina, it kind of mm-hmm. just seemed like it always fell on his shoulders. Um, so had to make a play. So I think he obviously at Utah, you're going to be set up for a lot more success. You got some really good defense usually. Um, yeah, stronger off. I mean, I know they lost some pieces, but they lost a lot of pieces. Yeah, but they're consistently good True. on defense, True. regardless of the year. Um, the offense loses some, some pieces as well, but you know, it's Utah. <laughs> they, they'd be looking bl- a lot worse if if he hadn't transferred there yeah, yeah exactly. as good of a quarterback as they could could get after huntley yeah yep yep I'm okay done, is it my turn now yeah okay offensive tackle Cade mays so he is this is a surprising transfer transferring from georgia to tennessee he's a former five-star he played in all 14 games this season this is a huge huge addition for the Vols, and they're going to be, a, I'm sure, a trendy team the way they ended this season. Still remains to be seen whether he's immediately eligible, but sometimes guys get those waivers, so we will see. Yeah, and he if he is, he's going to be matched up with Trey Smith, who decided to stay, right? Exactly, yeah. No, Tennessee has had, so far, having a good good offseason. Uh, last player I have is a grad transfer defensive end from Temple, Quincy Roche, and he is going to the U. And this is huge. He was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year, seventh in the country with 13 sacks. And he fills uh, a need for Miami because they lost a bunch of guys on the D-line. They lost Trayvon Hill, Jonathan Jonathan Garvin to the NFL, um, lost a couple guys to the transfer portal, I believe, as well. So you pair Roche, though, with Greg Russo on the other side. That's going to be very, very good pass rush. I like it. Yeah, that was a big get. All right. I'm going to go with a running back here, Jerome Ford. He's transferring from Alabama to Cincinnati. He'll probably have to to sit out, uh, but he was a four-star in 2018, played a little bit this past year for Alabama. You know, Cincinnati, Michael Warren proved that a running back can really thrive in this offense, and he even has a, a similar physical build. So watch out for Ford in, in the future. All right. And then next is okay jo- my turn now yeah let's talk well about done. oh well done oh, yeah, there you go there he goes just loves to hear himself talk <laughs> okay uh no joey gatewood going to kentucky from auburn uh, he was a four-star dual threat obviously just just lost the battle to to bo Nix. but seeing what kentucky could do with only a receiver at quarterback i think gatewood has the potential to fit in well in in stoops offense there it's really as good of a talent as Kentucky could could get. Yeah, yeah and he's he's probably going to have to sit out, right? I would yeah, obviously assume. more than likely. But yeah. again, with the waivers, you just don't know. Sometimes you do. Okay. Well, no, you don't. Uh, all right. You have turn. two more, Ryan. Yeah. Okay. All righty. So I'm going to start off with uh, a guy that uh, we'll see. But it could be really good for them. Colorado, they got Antonio Alfano. Uh, never played a down act for Alabama. But just in 2019, he was uh, the number five overall rated recruit defensive end. 
defensive lineman, I really should say. He could kind of be everywhere. I mean, he is super, super talented. Just don't really know what you're getting. He's kind of, Saban had some harsh words for him when he left. He said he just kind of quit and just, you know, I don't know. For Saban to say that, it seems like it's not a good look for the kid. But there's no questioning his talent. So maybe Mel Tucker can get it out of him and, you know, maybe it's a better fit for him there. But that could be pay huge dividends for them. They desperately need it. Um, and then I'm going to go another one you already mentioned, Mike Damon Hazelton. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought he was a really good receiver for Virginia yeah. Tech. Uh, started off his career at Ball State, um, but he's got you know nearly 2,000 receiving yards in his career to date, 20 touchdowns. So proven receiver at this level. Um, and Missouri is going to need some playmakers now uh, to to kind of replace the the big O, big Albert O. Um, so yeah, that's a good get for Missouri. Okay, some other guys I considered were Theo Howard, wide receiver from UCLA to OU. Yeah, I me too. Um, let's see who else we got here. Phil Jerkovic, I think that's how you pronounce it. He was a highly recruited quarterback to Notre Dame. He's transferring to BC. Of course, may have yep. to sit out. Um, I, I like kind of like Joey Joey Yellen from Arizona State. He's transferring to Pitt. Um, at quarterback again, probably Man, gonna. You got Jerkovic and Yellen. You got some some weird names. Some names that you can make fun of pretty easily. And a guy Ryan's not a fan of apparently, Nick Starkle going to San Jose State. Yeah, it seems like the right fit there. Yeah, seems yeah, like a San a Jose move, State guy. Which ironically didn't didn't San Jose State beat Arkansas this past year last year? Oh, that's that right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He. I guess he can't beat him. Join him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, last interesting one here, Colin Hill going from Colorado State following Mike Bobo over to South Carolina. It, it's just, I mean, I I imagine he's not supposed to start, but I maybe he'll be in that competition with Holinsky. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was he was okay, but that's a big jump. Yeah, he's and he's always injured as well, unfortunately. So I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe he'll really compete, or maybe it's some sort of move to kind of get into coaching i'm not sure i'm just speculating so i'll shut up um, <laughs> sounds like the right idea now let's uh okay how about someone that's still in the portal that you think could make the biggest impact what do you think trey i gotta go with kj costello uh it's he's rumored and been crystal balled to mississippi state i think that would be great uh be paired with mike leach i was really impressed with how much costello improved at stanford uh, Leach, we all know, can do wonders with his quarterbacks and pair him with Kylan Hill. The Bulldogs could have a really solid offense. Yeah, that would be a, a huge get for Leach. Uh, the guy I'm going to go with is Peyton Ramsey. So he just announced that he is entering the portal because Michael Penix is should be the starter next year if healthy. And I'm just going to throw, I mean, Michigan State's been thrown out there. Northwestern needs a quarterback, some other Big Ten schools. I'll throw out maybe a out of left field destination washington talked about them earlier i the defense should be good but of course jacob eason gone to the nfl jake hayner transferring to fresno state they could use a quarterback they've got some freshmen and sophomores on the roster they're talented highly recruited players jacob serban maybe being the favorite among them but none of them have have proven every anything so ramsey could be kind of a, a bridge to those guys yeah, I liked Ramsey when he played. It was it was a tough, tough dude. He's good. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to go with a guy that might catch some people off the radar. I'm going with Jaron Williams, uh, Miami's former mm-hmm. quarterback. I mean, you look at his stats. He actually wasn't bad. 
Agreed. He completed over 60% of his passes, had 19 touchdowns, seven, seven interceptions, about eight yards per attempt, and all this behind an atrocious offensive line and just a terrible offense in general. So, you know, that's, he's actually put up some decent numbers. You go to like a guy, remember like Kyler Murray's first year? He couldn't do anything at Texas A&M. It was horrible stats. And so there's some, there's some upside for this guy still yet. He was a highly touted kid. There it is. He's calling him the next Kyler Murray. Well, you never know. Maybe he ends up there. No. Um, I think maybe more like an AAC school would be fitting. Maybe like uh, South Florida with Jeff Scott's there now. Uh, it could work out. Seems real close by. Or Houston. Dana Hogo. Okay. He seemed like a good one there. So who knows? But I think he's being underrated right now. Okay. A couple other guys to keep our eye on. Chase Bryce, of course, from Clemson. And Jack Sears leaving USC. Uh, yeah keep your name on him well you never know andrew bunch from nebraska you got to keep your eye on him all right well andrew bunch was not a four-star recruit ryan okay (laughs) (laughs) it's very true uh let's get to winners and losers from nfl draft declarations ryan give us two winners all right first one is gonna be alabama um, we all knew Tua was gone. That was not even really. Okay, Trey, how about your two winners? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, did you not get to oh. two yet? Oh, yeah. Funny, Mike. Shoot. Sorry. Mm. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, so Alabama, we knew Tua was going to be gone, so that didn't really even count. And then you kind of knew that same thing for Jerry Judy. I mean, he had proven so much already that it was seemed like a foregone conclusion. And they lost Henry Ruggs. Um, but they do get Najee Harris coming back. Big news. Yeah, all American wide receiver Devonta Smith coming back for senior year stud. He was he on had, your fantasy team, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, another all American <laughs> fantasy player for me. Yeah, wide receiver. Um, tackle Alex Leatherwood's coming back, uh, and you can even count Dylan Moses is coming back. He missed all last year the, with yeah. a knee injury. For so, sure, that's huge. I mean, for Alabama, it was actually pretty good. I mean, they lost a few <laughs> amazing players, but you know, not not as much as I, I think they've had in years past. So they're a winner to me and then i got oregon as my my other winner they had some four key defenders is really the main reason for them coming getting on this uh winner's side here um they could have gone pro but they had two corners coming back and diamador uh lenore and uh thomas graham so getting two corners proven corners like that back is huge and then defensive lineman jordan scott and austin f i'm just gonna call him austin f okay that's fair. I don't know how to say his name. Well, I'm not going to make you. I don't know either. Faulu. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Good effort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Oregon. Their defense is going to be so good next year. If Moorhead can get that offense figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Then well, they do then they're die on defense. But whoa, you just peaked like a mofo, really Ryan. Did. Yeah, it, it exploded on me. I don't know. <laughs> he was excited. <laughs> oh, I you didn't say that? yell. It just something happened. Say, say that again. Yeah, uh, well, they did lose Troy Dye, uh, so that that's a big loss. But mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was he? Was he? Was, did Troy Dye leave early? No, he, no, he was, he was a senior. I yeah, because he like, had like he was there for. Didn't he have four straight years, hundred tackles? That, that's what I'm saying. It's it's going to be a big loss. I know, not, but not a de- declaration f- loss, but just uh, no. I I know, but they're they're going to be good. They're, no, they're I know, be, I know they will be. I, Ryan, you saying they're going to suck? I think they'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the board. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get to your two, Mike. Okay, sure. Uh, Memphis. Memphis is a winner. Yeah, they are. Because of two guys. Brady White, at quarterback, had a great season. He's 37 years old. 
very <laughs> sage and wise. So it's good to get him back. And then probably the bigger surprise, DeMonte Coxey, who's had two straight thousand yard seasons. He's, I mean, I don't know what more he has left to prove, yeah, but I've, he's, I felt like he really should have gone, but well, I mean, I'm not a, an NFL draft expert, but isn't the receiver class loaded this year? Yeah. Maybe that's true. Why, yeah. Maybe that's why he's come back either way. Memphis is the beneficiary. Ryan Silverfield, new head coach, is the beneficiary because their offense should be very good yet again. Yeah. And then another team got some big pieces back on offense. They're going to be a trendy pick going into the next year. Oklahoma State. Chuba Hubbard, of course, after rushing for over 2,000 yards, is coming back, which is just crazy. Like, yeah, that was weird. Again, I think the same reason this running back class might just be super stacked. Although... With, How many um, guys would go, have gone in front of him, though? A couple, maybe? Taylor and J.K.? Not sure, yeah. Especially with Travis Etienne and... Uh, yeah. Who's the other running back that decided to stay? Um, Chuba Hubbard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard. That's probably who I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, that, there's like DeAndre Swift went pro. I mean, there's some guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot, of, a lot of guys in the draft. Anyway, the other guy that is coming back for Oklahoma State, Tylen Wallace, one of the best receivers in the country. Those they literally might have the best running back and best receiver in the country, at least arguably. Yeah, and then huge. Less of a big deal, but on defense, starting corner Rodarius Williams also coming back. Maybe a All bigger right. deal. They need D. My my two winners are are blue bloods. Uh, number one, Ohio State. Of course, it's kind of like Alabama. They they lose a lot, but they return even more here. So we know they lose Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins, and Jeffrey Kuda. But those guys were no-brainers, not surprising, first-round talents. But they got Sean Wade, a corner. He decided to return. Uh, so did Baron Browning, their linebacker. But really, the the biggest returnees were on the offensive line. They kept All-American Wyatt Davis, Thayer Munford, and their center, Josh Myers. Uh, so they should have another stellar offense next year. And then the other school is Texas. They didn't lose any underclassmen. Sam Ellinger, not surprisingly returned, uh, but they returned uh, their tackle, Samuel Cosme. That was big. And with all of that talent that Herman's recruited the last few years, no reason Texas shouldn't be able to, yeah, to take the next step. For, yeah, it's kind of put year. up or shut up. Oh, exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, how about some losers, Ryan? Who are your two losers? Don't say me. Why are you having Ryan lead lead this category off? Uh, I don't know. I just decided to pick Ryan. Is that? Don't say what? What? <laughs> two losers? Don't say. Oh, what? Trey's trying to make a joke about me. We because Ryan's a loser, and that went over my head. I was gonna say that our two losers are Trey and Michael. Oh, well, that's well what I just done. said. Wow. Is I just got out ahead of that and said, yeah. "Don't say that." Yeah. We're just easy. we're off today, guys. Or I'm off. I don't yeah. know what's going on. The bros are just but this not, is not good. Do you guys want to start over from the top and just re-record? Please, no. no thanks. Welcome <laughs> to the College Football Bros Ryan, podcast. Ryan, give us your losers. I'm going to narrate the rest oh, of the wow. way. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, go ahead. <laughs> um. Okay. First loser is the U. Miami Trajan Bandy. He's gone. Jonathan Garvin. His nine sacks are gone. Jeff Thomas is gone. Wide receiver there, leading rusher DJ Dallas is gone. It's not a good. Not I don't think it's good. So when I was struggling earlier to figure out who Miami lost, yep, and you just made fun of me. You you had this information at your fingertips. I sure did, Michael. That's messed up. (laughs) Yep, brotherly love. Yep, you know, just gotta let you struggle. 
It's the only way you'll Jeez. learn. <laughs> um, all right. And then uh, my second one is Minnesota. They're a loser only because they lose Antoine Winfield. All American safety. That guy's awesome. He was awesome. So that's a big loss for, for them. That's it. Okay. Is it my turn? I need a narrator to chime oh, in. Oh, I'm sorry. To our next losers, Michael, <laughs> what do you think? Oh, well, thanks for asking, Trey. The big one is LSU. It's just, it's almost too easy. Nine players are are declaring for the draft. On offense, two offensive linemen, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, Justin Jefferson, Thaddeus Moss. And then on defense, three linebackers, plus Grant Delpit. Um, and this is all, of course, on top of the fact that they're losing Joe Brady, Dave Aranda, and Joe Burrow. Joe I don't Burrow. know if you heard of him. So it's going to be very, very, very difficult for Did you say LSU Thaddeus to... Moss? Yeah, he I did. I did say Thaddeus Moss, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. I can't yeah, make fun off. of you this episode because I've been off the ball, which is the opposite of on the ball. <laughs> it's a phrase I invented. Two G5 teams are, are my next losers, Boise State and Utah State. Each of them lost one major piece from both sides of the ball. Boise, it was All-American offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland, and then one of the best pass rushers in college football, Curtis Weaver. And then for Utah State, it was quarterback Jordan Love, who, of course, had a down year, but we still know he's a, a really good player. Yeah. And then one of the most productive linebackers in the country, David Woodward, tackle machine. Definitely. All right, Trey, who are your two? Oh, thanks for asking, Trey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wow. (laughs) So, my first loser is Georgia. Uh, Fromm might not be that huge of a loss with with our brother Newman coming in, but but they lost DeAndre Swift at running back. Three offensive linemen, Thomas, Wilson, and Kinley. And Mays. Well, that exactly. That's not even including the transfer that Michael talked about earlier, Cade Mays, who went to Tennessee. Uh, the defense did get some good news with uh, with the returnees, but defense hasn't been Georgia's weakness. So that was uh, that was rough for Georgia losing those offensive pieces. And then my next school is Wisconsin. Of course, they lost Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they lose their All American center Tyler Biadish, uh, and then wideout Quentin Cephas. So there's some big pieces to their offense that they're going to need to replace next year, for sure. All right, Michael. What's our what's <laughs> okay. our next segment? Are we going to talk Super Bowl? It's the Super Bowl, right? I don't know. I mean, you're the host. You tell me. Yeah. Sure. Let's let's talk Super Bowl. It's it's the big game this Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Didn't so know that. first of all, so first of all, Michael, who who do you like in in this matchup? We got the Chiefs. Haven't been there in 50 years, and the 49ers. It's been a few years, but uh, who do you like? I like the Chiefs. I'm not a huge NFL fan. I mean, I I follow it. I'm a, I'm a sports fan, of course, so I follow it. Um, but all that to say, I don't have any any explanation for it. I just love Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to be cheering for the Chiefs. Great answer. Ryan, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I, – I want the Chiefs to win. Uh, I, they're more fun for me to cheer for. I, I You know, we're, we spent 10 years in Seattle. I don't know if many people on the podcast know that, but um, – I, I knew it. <laughs> I think everyone on the podcast <laughs> I knew it. Podcast, yes, I did too. Fans of the podcast. <laughs> We, yeah, we spent 10 years in Seattle, so we, we, we're, we're Seahawks fans um, as well. So don't like the Niners, so I want the Chiefs. Um, but I do think the Niners are going to win if I had to pick one. Their, their defense is just really good. 
and they're so strong up front on offense. They rush really well. George Kittle, tight end. Wow, he is he's awesome. Yeah, the Niners they they haven't really Garoppolo in the playoffs at least hasn't had to really air it out. Yeah, he a threw ton. Yeah, eight passes just, against the Packers. I know they're just that's so good. Otherwise, I'm, I'm also gonna go with the Niners. I I do want the Chiefs. They're they're fun to watch. The Niners just have the better defense. They they were in a better division. The NFC West was much tougher than the AFC West. Um, but yeah, the biggest question mark to me is Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, can he move the ball when it, when he's asked, when he's neat, when they need him the most? We'll see. So he might not need to. All right. Well, coming with the Super Bowl, there's of course props. Everyone loves prop bets. So Michael, you're usually always all over the yeah, prop you're bets. A prop so guy. what name, name a few or what, what are your favorites? Well, okay. Well, a few, I didn't prepare for a few, but I can give you one and then maybe think about it harder and give you a couple more but uh this is a prop that i bet every year and it has never lost I'd, at least i don't remember it losing i don't think it's ever lost tails and it is it is tails exactly wow you called it no it's will the announcers mention the point spread or the total during the super bowl and i'm taking the no what do you guys think the the odds are on that um on the no the no is uh, even money. Well, I wish. The okay. no is minus one fifty. It's minus two sixty. Okay, now I feel worse about it. But oh wow! But no, but every literally like every year, I, I it has never lost. And one of the one of these years, it's going to happen. They're going to mention it because sports betting is getting more and more popular. But I don't know. It's just not something they bring up during the game. No, yeah, not yeah. at the Super Bowl. And it's Joe right? Buck this year. It's not Al Michaels. Yeah. He's, and even Al Michaels, even if he you know intimated at it or if he i don't know if that word he works just kind of hints at it yeah 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 that's a good that one. wouldn't count um all righty i actually don't know the odds on this one i should my bad for not checking um but it's we'll guess at him yeah yeah sure uh it's the combines points in a quarter the over under for that is like 21 the most points they'll score together in a quarter and that's at 21 so I'm taking, I think they're going to go over that. Some quarter, they're going to have some fireworks. Okay. Got some good offenses. They scored a lot of points. All right. I've 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 got two I'm kind of looking at. One is just on the MVP. Uh, since I think the Niners might win, and the way that they dominated the Packers with the rushing attack, Raheem Mostert, he's 7-1. to one. To win the MVP, I think if the Niners win, it's going to be because of their ground game and, well, and their defense, but they'll give it to the running back. And then the other one, there was one uh, prop that says, well, I said it's plus 160 that neither team will score in the final three and a half minutes of the game. Now, a lot of teams or a lot of games, of course, teams will at least kick a field goal in the last few minutes, but... I feel like uh, the Niners will be able to turn the clock out if they're ahead or the Mahomes and the Chiefs will be able to keep the chains moving if they need to and and not score in the last few minutes. All right. Sounds good. The the NFL bros coming to play. Yeah. Wait, I'm not hosting anymore. No. Shut up, Mike. Well, the NFL bros, they they come to play. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Please give us a five star review. Oh, Michael's nice. just pissed that he wants to. T- he can't. He's beside himself. He wants to say something. What do you got to say? Mike? I need to make an announcement. Uh, if you want to talk more about these NFL props, 
You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash college football bros. Let's talk about it in the Discord. Let's talk about NFL props for the Super Bowl. Let's do it. And that's all I got. Please uh, tweet at college football bros if you want Trey to be the permanent announcer. I Okay, that's not the handle, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I've, I've got some kinks to work out with this hosting thing. but uh, You're actually doing great. But no, thanks everyone for listening. Ryan, Michael, any parting words? Uh, you want to bring up that one bit of news that was a little bit entertaining? Oh, sure, sure. So, this is a final segment here, impromptu segment. It's called, What Were You Thinking? <laughs> and this is a story from Yahoo Sports. Well, it's a story from everywhere. I'm just going to read a few excerpts. Grand Valley State suspended offensive coordinator Morris Berger on Monday after he was quoted by the school newspaper as saying he would like to meet Adolf Hitler and no one could deny that the Nazi, quote, wasn't a great leader. In an interview, he was asked which three historic, historical figures he would like to have dinner with. He responded, quote, this is probably not going to get a good review, <laughs> but I'm going to say Adolf Hitler. It was uh-huh. obviously very sad and he had bad motives, but that, see, there's where you that, just. That's where it turns. That No, but the way he was able to lead was second to none. How he rallied a group and a following. I want to know how he did that. Bad intentions, of course, but you can't deny he wasn't a great leader. So my parting words are, do not praise Adolf Hitler under any circumstances. (laughs) I mean, come on, dude. It's just ridiculous. The guy just, uh, that is brutal. (laughs) He had his chance, too. He's like, this probably isn't going to get a good review. You even said it. You kind of knew where it was going, and you still went with it. Oh. Oh, man. What not to say. There you go. All right, everyone. Well, on that bright note, I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. (laughs) Tell us your favorite commercials. Looking forward to the commercials every year. And uh, thanks for listening. Good job, Trey. Yeah, I might be out of a job. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros., Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.